Hello, hello, and welcome. So you've heard me ask a lot of people, what makes a good volunteer? How do you see a volunteer? Well, I just recently got to volunteer for my first time at a 50K, and boy, did I learn a lot. So here are five tips on volunteering at an aid station. Alrighty, yes, yes, this is the Light on the Trail podcast. I'm your host here, Frank Colburn. I was just about to head out the door to do a long run. I was thinking maybe like 15 miles or so before it gets too warm. I was eating my oatmeal while I filled up my my bladder and my and my my bladder and my vest <laughs> and my two flasks and got me some snacks ready and my fuel and everything. Uh, I was getting my towel packed in my bag, extra water, all that good stuff. And I couldn't find my phone. And I think I left it in my wife's car and she's gone. <laughs> I'm not sure when exactly she'll be back. And then I remember I need to feed all the animals and it was kind of becoming a cluster. And I really, I, I never listen to music when I run, but this one being a long run and I had just got a little Bluetooth speaker that I wanted to test out and I was charging it and looking forward to using it while I'm on the trail. I don't necessarily, I have before, but I don't like having earbuds in as much so I can be more um, aware of my surroundings and hear what's going on, especially if it's a new trail. Uh, but I've ran at this place um, a couple times I was going to go and uh, I was ready to, to listen to some music and cruise, especially with it being a longer run. And uh, <laughs> I realized I'm not even 100% sure how to get to that place. Uh, yes, I can look it up on my computer and oh yeah, and figure it out. But I just decided let it, let it be. I'll, I'll do everything here on the house. And I said, take care of the, the animals real quick. And I'm just going to record now instead of record later. So here we are. And I'm excited about this episode um, because I did recently get to volunteer at a race at an aid station specifically. And I was really looking forward to this. And when I, I had been talking about it and wanting to do it, and then it came the week of, it was like five days before that Saturday. And my buddy was like, Hey, I'm coming too. And he showed me a picture that he was, he was coming out. It's like, Oh crud. I haven't signed up yet. I, and I wanted to do this and I got online real quick and looked at it. It was the very last spot. They had one spot left for volunteering and it was at an aid station. So very happy with that. Um, so what did I learn? I'm going to try to break it down here into five tips. What I learned, what could be, what could be better or what to be aware of what makes a good volunteer at an aid station. Now, this one was for a 50K, so there was plenty of more time out on this course. It was pretty hot. This course is known for being getting hot because it's so open. It's out at a pretty open ranch kind of filled area. Um, it's called the 6-0 Ranch. It was done last week, um, but so the 50K run. And the aid station I was at was also a double aid station. Um, and I say that meaning... It's the first and the second aid station of the three that a runner would hit. Um, so I got to be be pretty active <laughs> and, and busy. So uh, let's get right into it. The first thing I thought about and noticed and also helps if you if you have ran a race before or you've needed any aid station at all, um, you know, put yourself on their side and consider what they're thinking about or how they could help you better if you've had a bad experience or, you know, kind of vice versa. Um, or if you've never ran a trail race and you've done a lot of road stuff for shorter distances and now you're wanting to get involved in the trail running community and learn a little more about it, I think also a volunteering is going to help a lot to see that kind of side of things. 
more so, I would think, on an aid station because you're out on the trail and kind of get to experience some of what the runners are going through and that help them. And it's so, so fulfilling. I loved, just had that mindset of being a servant and being able to help people and just do just do that. And what do you need, you know, and, and just because I've been on that side too of being the runner that <laughs> feels like, man, it's really hot and this is sucky and whatever. And then just somebody's like, hey, bud, you're doing great. Pat on the back. I'm going to spray you down. Here's the water. So uh, it's great. I, I definitely recommend it. I'm very happy I got to do it. Um, so first tip, study the course. Know where you are as far as um, distance from the next aid station, distance to finish, what kind of geography, landscape, and terrain that they have been coming through or that they're going to be going into. Um, when they would come to this aid station, they had to come up this curve, slow, nice, gentle, really rocky, really exposed hill uh, to, to my aid station. And it was about four miles, I think, that they had ran to get to to get to me at that point. And then they'd go back out, go around this lake, and come back to me. And that was about three miles too. And then it was about four miles uh, to the third aid station. But given that, when they first start, of course, everyone's a little. It's not. It wasn't as hot, and people had more energy and they're ready to go. It went everything from people doing one lap to people coming and doing two laps, which means I saw them up to four times if they're doing the 50k or the marathon i also think made two laps but part of their course was a little shorter than the 50k but they still came through twice anyway study the course know the course it's a good um they're going to want to runners are going to want to know when they're coming up they're kind of tired and uh, how much further till the next aid station right you need to give them have a decent answer for them Uh, i had to do a lot of bouncing thankfully they had signs on the arrows by our aid station that said how many, like, you know, 3.7 miles till this aid station. So that was very helpful. We could point to, we, we could kept referencing that and looking at it. That was great. Um, you know, what does it look like ahead? And yeah, I can tell them, uh, I believe it's all downhill where we were was kind of in a, we couldn't really see much. We know we're up on a hill, but the next area where they were going to from us was up another slight hill. And we had this kind of uh, I want to say build up, I can't remember the correct term, berm or something um, out in front of us that kind of went around where they were going. But um, be aware of your area, right? See where the signs are and all that stuff. Um, make sure they're pointing the right way. They, we had one that kept getting knocked down the ground where, where our station was, was very tough. And so we had to use rocks around all these signs. But yeah, that, that can help them so much, even that's, they just want to answer and they're talking. That's a good sign. That's something we're going to get, in, get into later. It's very important. Um, yeah, just being aware. Hey, man, you're doing great. You got four miles right up around this corner. Stay to the right. There you go. Where ours was, um, if they were coming into the aid station for the first time and someone was leaving. So this is where it, gets con- it can get confusing on an aid station like this, right? Because there's people going in and out. And when someone gets to your aid station and they see somebody leaving this way, they're just again, especially if they're they're tired and the heat's hundred you know hundred degrees outside, and they're just following. That's what you do. So we had to keep an eye on people when they were leaving. Hey, did you come in this way? Have you gone around the lake yet? Come back, and mostly for the first part, because some people after the they're, if they're doing two laps, they remember. Um, but once they would get going, leaving for the second time, it came to a point where that trail almost lined up with the people that haven't been there yet for the first time. 
So around the first go around, I had to yell at some runners, you know, hey, runner, 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 and like get their attention to come this way. Because I could tell it looked like they just keep going straight because you see a body going around this hill out in front of you. But they would have skipped like four miles of the course. Um, so just be aware of, of what's coming, where the runners are coming from, where they're going in the distance between. I think that that is a very smart thing to do for a, a volunteer at an aid station because you're going to get asked those things and you kind of understand what they've been going through um, on the course and, and all that. Uh, going into number two, very important, monitor the liquids, all the coolers and the ice and what you have, right? Um, and also the fuel. That's kind of the, that's the third point here. But the second tip is crucial. The last thing you want is five runners that's been pushing and trying to get it through especially at a, at a double aid station like this. And one's coming from one side, two are coming from the other side. They all feel like smash baloney. You're like, I got you, man. Let me get you. And you go to the cooler and there's no water. This did not happen. Thankfully, we kept our coolers full. We only had two pitchers or four total. We had two for Gatorade and two for water. Um, but you get the, the pitchers can go much faster than out of the cooler. So it was really good having those filled up and ready, but you can only do so much. When people show up, you're trying to fill them up, fill them up. And some people have a bladder and two two flasks, like I was just mentioning I have. Uh, that's that's going to hold a lot of water. And they're smart to bring that just in case. And you can, like I said, you can only do so much. Uh, something I learned with the water is when the pitchers, you don't want to keep it too full because, one, it's going to be heavier and you're going to, you could lose some liquid out the top of it. But when you get into those, points that you don't really know when it's going to happen, but there may not be a runner or somebody for 30 minutes or more. And again, it's getting hot outside. That water is getting warm. It's warming up. Even though it came out of a cool cooler, it's going to get warm. So we, we tried to have, or I, I was trying to keep the pitchers around like halfway um, to keep them cold and to be a little more maneuverable and quickly to get over to the bottles and fill things up. Um, and some people, some runners would come and just kind of go to the cooler and help themselves. That's fine. But some runners would really need help. Um, and again, it's something I was trying to do was meet a runner as they were coming and be clapping for them or ringing a bell and everything. Uh, hey, doing good, man. Come on in. What can I get for you? Him and your bottles, you know, and what do you want? You want water in both, Gatorade one, water in the other, um, you know, whatever you can do for him. Uh, but, but try to think about it. It's very important. The liquid, especially when it's hot, it was, it was around hundred degrees, I think. Um, but it's, it's critical. Obviously someone's going to want a uh, liquid. Um, something else I quickly realized when I was filling bottles for people is I saw some moldy, nasty looking bottles. Guys, holy cow. You got to inspect it. I, I try to clean my, especially bladders are more of a hassle, but take off everything you can rinse it out. If you've been having any kind of anything other than water in there, um, cause water is still going to be able to build up mold and mildew and things. But if you've got tailwind or scratch or anything, Gatorade in there, that's cool. Even quicker going to happen. I popped open some balls for some people and I'm talking black dots, mold in the edges and all that. Like, I, I, there's no point to say anything. They've already been drinking out of it, and you know, for the last hours. Um, look at your gear. 
you don't want to get, you know, make yourself worse, cause more harm than good. They sell little tablets that you can put in your bladders. They're like fizzy and they'll clean and break everything out and get through little cracks. They spe- they sell specialized brushes to fit down the tubes and the hoses of your hydration packs. Don't forget also those little bite nozzles, uh, the tips on the bottles, those come off. You, you can pull those off. And so you can clean through those too or run some hot water through them. Like that's very important. You do not want to be making yourself sick with moldy contaminated liquid when you're really, really tired and needing water and you, you know, having headaches on top of already being dehydrated. So moving on. So there's, there's step two. Number three, very similar, just monitor and balance the fuel. Um, you don't want to make too much too early because typically, um, they're not going to be getting at the snacks that early on. Uh, usually a top off my water, give me a little more liquid here and there or whatever. Um, but food, something we did was we made quite a bit of, a uh, sandwiches, peanut butter and jellies. Um, well, by the time people were coming in to, to grab some of those, they were, they were toast pretty much like it they were super stale, um, and not as good as they could have been fresh. Uh, same thing with watermelon or like bananas, typical aid station fuel. Um, they, one, try to keep them cold. We were good about that. Someone had the idea of putting a whole tray of them in, in the cooler and having some out so we could keep some cold because that is awesome. That is a pick-me-up for sure. If you get some nice cold watermelon and you're coming in and you're you know, resting, that's great. That was a wonderful thing to do if you can. Uh, but don't make too much, too little. It doesn't take that long to cut a banana in half or <laughs> slice up some watermelon because uh, the bees and the ants will find it. Holy cow. We had so many bees. Nobody got stung. I don't know how. Um, but some people uh, did not want to get stung or didn't want to dance with the bees like we were, so we kept trying to get them away. But they will find it. So if you can kind of keep it a minimum, kind of like the pitchers of liquid, I think that's a great idea. Have a, a little bit at a time. There's no reason to have, you know, 30, 30 bites of a sandwich out um, when someone's going to get maybe two, you know, at the most and a little cup of like a couple of chips or cookies, um, just a little bit at a time if you can. I think that would be better as, as keeping them fresh and the best way uh, to have a pick-me-up for, for a runner that's coming in um, to avoid any browning bananas or nastiness or warm watermelon and bugs and, and things like that. So that's something we could we could have done better. Uh, but we were, we had plenty of stuff. We kept everything there at least better than nothing. So same as the, is the water I'll move on, but balance, balance the food and the fuel that you're providing as well. Something highly important here, pay attention to the runners more. So this is being applied to something like a 50 K or 50 mile or even a marathon. And really, I guess I take that back any distance. Someone could be out there pushing their self, you know, to, to the same limit as someone else that's doing a 50 mile and maybe they're doing a 10 K. Um, that's, what's so great about it. You're, you're helping everyone out there, you know, achieve and, and grow something wonderful, but m- the heat out there made it more of a, a task and a difficult, um, challenge for some people, but they come in and, you know, how are they acting? How are they responding? Are they alerts? Are they, are they chatting? Um, are they moving okay? Or do they need some extra care? Do you see them coming up to the aid station and it's the second time you've seen them or the third time 
and you remember them and every time they've looked a little more beat up or a little little more tired, um, like they've really been working or the heat's really been kicking their butt or maybe they're not fueling properly and you think about it, you're like, you know what? That guy in the orange hat, every time he's come through, I think he took a sip of water. He hasn't had any fuel. I don't know if I saw any gels in his pack. Um, he just has a handheld, you know, and he doesn't have any fuel, you know, be, be, uh, conscious of, of that. Um, and that was something I got to really notice being at a double aid station, seeing people come in and out and also help remembering if you can, like a waiter, again, you're serving these people. Um, I remember some people, all they got was water or they wanted again, water in one gator in the other, or they didn't want to get sprayed down with the hose. I love that. I love, I love the little mister thing and spraying your head and your face and all that. Um, I just have to carry that around. Hey, did you want, you want to get wet sprayed down this time? You know, especially with the heat getting hotter, like, yeah, yeah. Or, or no. Um, one guy particularly really, you know, liked his hat getting wet, but not his, his back or anything, just those kind of things, all you can do, but pay attention to what they're needing. But again, mostly how they're acting, especially in the heat or more extreme conditions, have some chairs ready. If you can get ready to have them sit or come in. Uh, I, we had two runners that were coming up and I'm, you know, clapping for them, watching them as they get up that hill. And, uh, the gentleman in front's like, Hey, I think my, my friend Pam here needs some help. She's not doing too hot. And he had, he had found her, I think she, he said she was stumbling or sitting down on the trail and not feeling good at all. And I kind of came over to her and kind of held her up my arm around her. And she was saying um, that she needed to talk to Paul. I hadn't talked to Paul or Noah Paul the entire day. I was like, that is, that is not good. I assume it was her, her, her husband or her friend that she came with or something. And she was just feeling really worried and sick and she wanted to, to call him. But she... Yes. So we had a chair for immediately. The other people that were with me had worked plenty of aid stations before. They were actually kind of a, a, a running group. And um, they got some bags of ice and got her cooled down on the back of her neck and sprayed her down, got her some water, took her, take their vest off. They don't need any more weight and clothing, stopping air, you know, to get onto them so your sweat can do the job. Um, that's why your sweat is so important, important. And that is why it's so important to pay attention to your runners for, for tip four here, because if they are also not sweating and not very, uh, I want to say cognitive, if that's the right word, constant cognitive, <laughs> uh, of their surroundings. And every time they come in again, they're looking worse and worse. Um, Hey man, I, I think you want to come sit down, come in the shade, catch your breath for a second. We had another guy that came in right. It was, it, it was around that time. A lot of people were hitting the wall. It was the hottest it's been again out in this ranch. It's pretty open. Um, especially going around that lake, it's like a mirror, the heat and the, the light is just reflecting off of it and everyone's getting, getting cooked. And, uh, we had about, we had all the, all four of our chairs and I flipped over a bucket so someone else could sit on it. Everyone would needed to be in the shade and take a second. Um, and they're coming in and we're like, Oh crud. And I let those people that had done the aid station before they had it covered. One guy was a physical therapist. A lady was having her, ca- her calf cramped up. We did have salt sticks and, and um, pickle juice as well, shots of pickle juice for electrolytes. And that's something to be aware of, again, with liquids, but also paying attention to somebody. Hey, have you had a salt stick yet? Have you took any salt supplements or some extra pickle juice? How are you on electrolytes? Because if you haven't noticed, <laughs> it's getting very hot and you're halfway through this race. Like, you know, a lot of people, um... Yeah, I probably should. I haven't yet. Yes, let's get you caught up on that. Let's not cramp. Let's just in case, you know, um, 
those kind of things. So very important. Um, pay attention to how someone's acting and do the best you can to help them and not scare them. A hard part of this is, um, and this is something I still need to learn and work on. I, I want to push somebody to, to get it done. I don't want anyone to quit if they can walk, right? I want them to walk and complete it and be able to look back on that. Like I fought through that. I was in such, you know, just distress and uncomfortable, but I got it done. And that's a great story they can tell. There's also a chance the story that they tell is I thought I could do it. And everyone at the aid station says, you can do it, man. And I passed out and had a heat stroke and now I can't move my right arm. That is a possibility. And I, I I don't want to sell someone short or tell them, man, you're looking bad. I don't think you should finish it. But I also, you know, want to tell them, can you push through this? You don't know, you know, you don't know them. You don't know what they've, they've done. One guy that we had to get, uh, drove back to the, to the front, um, that, uh, didn't finish. He was saying like, I, I wasn't really prepared the night before I kind of stayed up too late and, and didn't, you know, feel well and all that stuff. So you don't know what, what they, what they've been through. Uh, that's a really hard balance for me because I don't want to talk someone into not completing what they've been looking forward to and doing. Um, but everyone's headspace is different. You don't know what they've really like been through. The best you can do is just provide them with things and just kind of, <laughs> you know, listen and be on alert. You know, if you want to, just just hope that it all it all goes okay. Um, for the last tip, before we get into that, I do want to go over a Bible verse real quick. Pop one in here real quick. Uh, one I've recently recently <laughs> read that I've really liked, and it goes along with everything I think I mentioned in the last podcast. If you don't know what to pray about and you're running or you just it crosses your mind and you're just like, I don't know, you know, thank you, just whatever you can do. Uh, but Jeremiah. 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, if you call to me, I will answer you, and I will give you and show you great things that you haven't even thought about. And that's that totally encompasses what what have that that thought of just pray to to do it. You know, if it's I'm just happy to be here, Lord. I, I just thank you for this. Um, you know, show me, show me opportunities ahead of me or something to pray about even or whatever it is. But if you just call on to him, he will, he will be so happy that you're, you know, you're wanting and relying and believing in him, having that faith. He will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about that you haven't comprehended or even thought about yet, but he's got to figure it figured out. So just lean on him. Jeremiah 33, 3. Wonderful. And getting into the last tip here, be a servant. Like I mentioned before, if you're volunteering, okay, for the most part, you've already got that in your head. It's, you're not getting paid. This is for free. Your, your heart is in it to, to learn and to do good things. Yes, you might get a race credit, maybe some lunch, maybe a shirt, something like that. But you are there to serve the runners in this endeavor that they are testing themselves with, this great task they've put ahead of them. Uh, some of those runners could be having a life-changing, empowering day, and it's your job just to make it a little more special. You know, with smile, clapping. Every time you see them, bring it up, you're doing great. Uh, 
all those, all those encouraging things. And that relates back to what I was saying. I hate, I, I want to give that, but I don't want to tell them to stop. If they're having a life changing day, you know, and, and maybe they, they've been praying too. And it's, it's something awesome, but you, you, you're worried about them. Um, you know, you can t- start walking towards them as they're coming up. Like I was mentioning, you know, what can I do for you? Just, you know, serve them. You need to see what else, whatever you need, man. What can I get for you? Um, picking their bottles from them, bringing them back to them. Even remembering, like I said, what they got before. If you can catch their name too and saying that. Again, think of it like if you're at a restaurant um, or it's a church and somebody, you know, you've sat next to or they shook your hand before and they're like, hey man, hey Frank, good to see you again. I'm like, oh man, he remembers me. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's such an uplifting, almost subconscious, like they may not notice it. But on that same degree, it can really pick somebody up and and help build their build them up from from a dark place that they're trying to get through. Um, I had one guy; he he left for his second time, and then uh, I saw him come. He was turned around; he's coming back. It's like, oh no! And he was kind of like motioning, like he was putting on glasses, like poking, p- pointing at his eyes. And I looked over at the cooler, and he had his sunglasses there. I was like, oh no! Like my first, like you are not walking back. Like he's been doing really good. I grabbed those things and I. I took off <laughs> and uh, I ran over to him and brought him to him. I was like, dude, here you go. Let's, no, 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 go. And I would even tell people, I was happy to, to do that for him real quick. I was happy when I could catch people going the wrong direction. You know, uh, when people were trying to start to leave, I don't want to hold them back anymore at the aid station against kind of that hard balance, but um, they would be kind of getting their vest back on or clipping things. It's like, if you want to keep walking, if you want to walk that way, I will spray you down as you're walking that way. You know, or po- pull your hat off. I'll wet it, and we can we can move this way. Um, don't leave your aid station necessarily. You know, too far. You need to be there and with your your kind of aid station team. Um, but be as much as a servant as you can. You know, pray in the parking lot before you're there to help somebody. You just don't know what they're going through. Um, it's all kinds of kinds, right? It takes all kinds of brothers and sisters that are getting through this. And it could be a, a warm-up kind of training race for some of those studs out there. Um, or it's that person's longest distance they've ever ran, the first time they've ever done a trail run. They just lost somebody in their family, and they already had this scheduled, and they're fighting to get through it. And this is a pivotal moment in their life, their running career, whatever it is. Um, that's how heavy to me it can be. Um, and it can be very special to be that person that just helps. Uh, and if you've given it an honest try and plan to to be a servant that day and done really well, you might find yourself walking back, you know, around the finish line and someone comes up and says, thank you for helping me out today. I remember you. That was, I had someone tell me that and it was super like it, a great way to finish off that evening. I got to talk to some people after that too. And we're hanging around the finish line and I was cheering on some people. Um, after everyone was done through our aid station, I got to go back to the finish and we cleaned up and there were still some people on the course. So I was actually, I was actually able to cheer in some people that I remembered at the finish line that were having a hard time and they got it done. I remember a couple people that I saw pass, I was told that they, they fell out or dropped off last year and they couldn't do it. Um, 
but yeah, a gentleman that I that I had helped, and he was just like, I was, he's walking by, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, you were up, up at the, yeah, thank you, man, uh, uh, thanks for helping me out, you know, and it was just like, oh, I helped, I did help someone, you know, I just that extra uh, confirmation, but it, it's such a great, you know, and wonderful uh, time that it can be. Um, so back over the five tips, study the course, be able to help people with where they're going, what's ahead of them, how the terrain is and everything, the distance between aid stations, monitor the liquids, keeping their liquid, uh, the liquid in the coolers iced and cold, um, full, not all the way. Cause sometimes those, uh, when you push the buttons on the, the coolers, they don't drain as fast if it's all the way. And there's like a tight seal on it and it causes like suction problems, but keeping plenty of liquid and ice in there. The pitcher's about halfway full. Um, monitor the food as well. Not too much, but have a little bit at a time and be ready to keep it fresh for them is the best way to do that that I've learned. Pay attention, pay attention to the runners. You are you are there to help them. Some have got it and you can talk with them and joke with them every time. Some people are really relying on you and may not be mentioning it um, and have never had pickle juice before or a salt steak or didn't realize it. And they're like, you know, you, you might need to help them with that and say, Hey, I think you need this. If you haven't taken any pay attention to people and, and be kind of their guardian angel. If you, if you have to be at that point, um, and then be a servant, you're there to help put it all out there, 110% to help and do what you can do to, to give back. And you will be so fulfilled with that. Um, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So if you can volunteer, I hope this helps. I highly recommend doing it. Um, it, seeing being on both sides of the table it is great as well. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think about it and then being able to do that. So you can, you just learn so much from it. I learned so much from it. I think I can be a better runner and a better volunteer from this. I hope this helps you out. Thank you so, so much for being here, guys. This is Light on the Troll podcast. And may the dirt be forever under your feet.